Hey guys, welcome back to Card Talk, our podcast for incoming freshmen. Um, I'm Amanda, and I'm here with Nick. Hey Amanda, how are you doing? It's good I'm to good, see you. How are you. Awesome. Hey, we have a special guest today. I'm excited. I'm excited um, too. I know. So we 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 should tell everybody at home um, that both of us have a a uh, relationship with this person. We both took Dr. Trump as undergrads. You're still an undergrad, so it's a little more recent for you. For me, it was a while ago. I won't say how long ago because I don't want to make him feel any older. Um, but Dr. Eric Trump, how are you doing? Doing very well, Nick. Hello, Amanda. Good to see you, you both. It wasn't that long ago, Nick, really. I, <laughs> I feel like it was It was like yesterday. Just yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> in, in many ways, I have not grown up since then, so it's 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 all right. It's been awesome. They, they, I'm still at SVSU, so I'm happy about that. It's well, been I, I heard that aging is mandatory, but um, maturing <laughs> is optional. So, <laughs> I'm going to use that all the time. I'm going to put that out there. It's going to be the tagline. Amanda, make an edit there. That's Nick's tagline. If you can write it right in here, okay. okay. <laughs> So, so Dr. Trump, we we uh, today's episode is we really wanted to talk to a faculty member, specifically a faculty member who works with a lot of incoming and, and younger students, freshman students. And I had you as, uh, as a younger student, and I know Amanda did also. And um, we really just want to kind of get some of your ideas, the things that we think that fr um, freshmen and incoming students should know about how faculty interact. So we're going to jump into some questions. I hope you don't mind. We're going to jump in. Right um, I, I want to know, well, right now I have a lot of students who are watching this who, you know, the, they have to be at home right now. They're trying to finish high school. A lot of them are trying to finish it virtually. Some of them can't. Um, what can they do to prepare to get ready for, well, specifically SVSU, but any college in general while they're waiting? Sure, that's a great question. Um, you know, first, I guess I would say relax <laughs> and enjoy that final summer before your first year of college. Um, you know, and take some time to do things that really make you feel good about yourself because it's a brand new uh, period in your life. You want to start it with a lot of enthusiasm. So uh, that's my first bit of advice is like, this is going to be fun at some very fundamental level. And so, you know, kind of psych yourself up for that. Um, but the second part is, yeah, it's also going to be new because uh, university studies are different from high school studies in a lot of different ways. And one of the key ways is that as a university student, you have to take this thing called general education, a whole bunch of different courses and a whole bunch of different disciplines with which you might not have a lot of familiarity. And so I would offer just one really practical bit of advice for how to prepare for college for that first year. But really, if you sort of develop this as a habit, it'll prepare you for all four years of college and life beyond. And that is to read broadly in preparation. And so there are two kinds of reading that you can do. If you like novels, start reading novels, especially novels that, you know, show up as being important important literature. And the reason is because novels um, always put you in the situation where you're seeing the world through someone else's eyes, and that's something that will happen a lot in university classes. Um, you also are going to be exposed to all kinds of people who come from different backgrounds and have different experiences. So developing empathy through novels is fantastic. Um, 
Plus, you learn a lot about the world in novels because they teach you about places that you don't live and times you didn't live in. And that's surprisingly useful in your anthropology class, in your history class, in your art history class, maybe even in some of your science classes. The second thing, though, is shut off the TV. Hey, don't, don't watch the news. I know that's going to be really hard this summer to not watch the news. But just do some reading in really good reflective news sources. And I, would, I have three sources that I think are fantastic for helping you develop a really rounded knowledge of the world. The first one would be a magazine called The Economist. It's a British magazine. Um, politically, it's a little bit right of center. But if you're left-winging, left-wing person, you like Bernie Sanders, you'll also like aspects of the magazine. But what's great about the magazine, it's only once a week. It takes the world's news stories and it retells all those news stories in terms of analyzing them and telling you what's important about them. But it also has a culture section. It has a science section. It has a really extensive business section. We tend to get kind of siloed in what we're interested in. We're like, well, I only like you know chemistry, so that's all I'm going to follow. But it's really important to read outside of your own interests, and The Economist is a good way to do that. There also are two newspapers, um, The Wall Street Journal and The New York Times. And I would say either one of those would be a great option, especially their Sunday editions, because the Sunday edition is the one that has the art section in it. It has the science section. It, it goes beyond just the headline news of the week, um, but they have longer extended kinds of essays. And if you can start to develop the practice of reading those for enjoyment, you're going to learn a lot, um, and you're going to find a lot of that knowledge is useful in your first year of college and beyond. So, so have fun and read. That's what I say. That's awesome I advice. Use, I use my dad's Wall Street Journal account and just read online. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah, that's a great way. Yeah, if, if you have a family member who has an online account, then you you got a head start on that. So. Great. And um, another question we have for you is um, how much uh, yeah how much time do you expect your students to spend on a single class? So how much time do you expect do I expect students to spend in class? The more important question is, how do I expect students to spend their time preparing for class? And the key here is that as a college student, you really want to spend your time wisely um, and efficiently and effectively so that you're learning during the time you spend preparing for class. So the first thing I'd say is I'd quote my favorite essayist, Annie Dillard, and she says that a schedule defends against chaos and whim. And in college, there's a lot of opportunity for chaos and whim, lots of things to do. So that's the first thing that I would recommend doing is for each of one's classes, figuring out what are the time blocks that I'm going to spend studying on this and make them relatively short. If you try and study for a three hour block, you're not going to be able to focus for three hours on any one class. So you make sort of shorter blocks for each class. The second thing, though, is that when you're studying, you want to think about yourself as behaving in the same way that you would if you were preparing for an athletic event or you were preparing to perform a play or if you're practicing a musical instrument, which is that you need to practice the skills for the class. So if it's a reading oriented class, you need to really do a lot of reading. You need to keep up with that reading because that's the fundamental skill in the class. If it's a math class, Problem solving is the fundamental skill. So you want to look at that as, as like dribbling in basketball. Spend a lot of time practicing that, doing the practice problems. But then you also want to think about that in those other situations, you have a coach or you have a, a, 
um, a drama leader, someone who's helping you through that process, go to your professor and ask the professor, how should I best study for this class? Like, what do you recommend I do? And get their advice. They might tell you on the first day of class, but they're gonna tell you so many things on the first day of class that you'll forget. Um, go back and ask them on the second week of class like, uh, so that you, you get that, that reiteration of it. But study effectively and recognize that um, the time that you spend studying is really time that you're spending developing your skills in that particular discipline. And those skills will carry over into your other classes. So it's not so much how much time you spend, but making sure that you spend it effectively and efficiently. I'll have to take that into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> I should have told you that earlier, huh, man? <laughs> That's awesome. So Dr. Trump, you and I got a chance uh, a year or two ago to sit on a couple of university committees and talk about student retention and student success. And we, we had a, that was a great experience for me, a great learning experience for me. I, and I learned a lot about what the faculty do in their day-to-day -day operations, really, to kind of help students along the way. Can you maybe talk a little bit about the expect what, what faculty are doing to help students be successful and retain and graduate? Yeah, yeah. so a couple of different um, layers, actually, of what faculty do. And I'm going to start, actually, with a layer that doesn't have obvious faculty involvement, but it's something that every first year student should take advantage of. And that's getting connected with other students so that you feel like you really belong at the institution because, you know, let's face it, you're coming to a new place. It's like going to a new high school. You might know one or two people, but you don't know everyone. And there are a lot of strangers. You are like, what do I do all day? And what do I do in the evening? So you really need to get outside of that dorm room and figure out how can I get connected with some other people and make some friends. And there are a couple of really concrete ways to do that. There are all these student organizations on campus. So go and find out what those are. Just go to a meeting or two for a couple of them just to see, right? You never know it, 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 what the people in, the, in that club are going to be like, but um, that's where a lot of students make their best friends and they find something sustaining to do all the time. And it gives you a break from class. But the other thing to do is to recognize that in every one of your classes, you have like 29 potential friends. Yeah. <laughs> They're sitting all around you. And um, so, you, but you have a barrier to them and it's called your cell phone. <laughs> so <laughs> I see this, you come into class and you're like, oh, I'm kind of like nervous and I don't want to seem awkward. So I'll check my cell phone because I can do things there. And then I look like I'm busy and like I'm connected. But you're missing that opportunity to just, turn to the person next to you and ask them what's going on and where they're from, and, you know, developing some real life friendships. Um, and those are going to be helpful for success in the classroom too. Right. Yeah. So that's the first level, which is just totally student controlled, but faculty are involved in those student organizations too, because they are the advisors for those. And so different departments will have different uh, student organizations that are connected with the departments. And that's another way that faculty really mentor um, students by helping set up that framework of opportunity. So in my own department, for example, we have a moot court um, program that has a law club. And so students are interested in the law or in that. We have faculty members who advise them. And we have a model United Nations club. So students who are interested in international politics get to come together with Professor French, whose focus is in international politics, and they learn from him um, in that setting. So there's that sort of formal setting. But then 
the reason that you're probably going to Saginaw Valley State University is because it's a smaller university and it advertises um, smaller class sizes and strong relationships between faculty and students. And so the other piece of it is that our doors are usually open all the time and they're really open just for people to walk in and talk to us. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that's hard to do because you're like, ah, I don't want to bother that professor and take up his or her time. But we love it when, you know, your first semester, first year student, you walk through the door and you're like, hi, I'm Amanda and I'm interested in doing this. And then we're like, oh, okay, um, here's some ideas. And you then get on our radar and we think about you. And a lot of times it's a student telling me something like what they're interested in that then later in the semester leads me to telling that student, hey, you do know that the communication department is offering this competition for public speaking. You said you liked that. Like, oh, you know, had no idea. So we really try and use our knowledge of students to um, to feed opportunities to them, help them develop. So, yeah, a lot of different ways. Um, and then, you know, just lots of one on one tutoring, too. We have tutoring services on campus. We have a writing center on campus, but individual faculty spend hours and hours in their offices giving students those tutorials that they need. Because, you know, a lot of times, let's face it, you know, you're coming in, you're taking Chem 111, and you, maybe you had chemistry in high school, but it's like, wow, suddenly it's this isn't exactly I, what I knew before. Um, and those professors are amazingly helpful. Um, yeah. And that's what they're what, what, we're, what we're there for. So take advantage yeah. of, of us. I think that is the perfect segue. Amanda, did you hear that? That's the perfect segue to Nick's irreverent question of the day. Yes. <laughs> Talking about office hours and student yeah. interactions. You have to know, Dr. Trump, that Amanda and I have developed this little bit of friendly rivalry as we go through. And as a faculty member who's had both Amanda and right. someone stellar like myself, right. had someone, if you had to pick and say, this is the type of student I want in my class. Would it be more of the Carol Baskin, Amanda type, or the <laughs> Joe Exotic, Nick type? I'm going and do that. I'm just just wondering what your thoughts are on that, and if you could if you could tell us what, what kind of students really stand out for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, so it would. Hey, I dressed up as Jim Morrison for yeah. you. It's going to be really, really difficult uh, to go with you, Nick, because Amanda dressed up as Jim Morrison for a Senate hearing simulation at, on the topic of whether or not hallucinogenic drugs should be legalized for therapeutic use. And she even quoted Dora's songs in yeah, her testimony. I broke, out, I, I broke out my mom's vintage leather pants for that. Yeah, and she had the white shirt. And yeah, so I don't know, Nick. I mean... I, I, okay, it's I could, hard to compete with that, honestly. You have to try harder. <laughs> I, I can totally get that because I don't think anybody wants me in the leather pants. So I'm just going to put that up there and, and take the loss and be okay with it. It's awesome. But, hey, Dr. we really do appreciate your time taking this out to, to speak with us. Um, is there any last thoughts that, that you would want to give uh, any of the prospective or incoming students out there that, that you would think... Uh, would be a good thing to end on for us. Yes, absolutely. So uh, follow Amanda's lead about being creative. It, <laughs> it's it's probably the hardest thing to do in college in some ways, right? It, because you come in and you're worried about, am I doing this assignment correctly? Am I giving the professor what she wants me, wants me to do on this assignment? But 
recognizing that you are your own person. You have experiences and knowledge that are re relevant and related to the courses that you're studying, the material you're studying, and just saying, I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit. I'm going to be creative because you'll be memorable when you're when you're creative and you'll have fun. You know, mm -hmm. and that's the bottom line is.